0: Hey everyone, it's Jess. This episode of PILF is gonna be a bit different. I had plans to edit it and add in all of my fun music and everything like that, just as I always do. But this has been a rough week for me. Um, My mother has been in the hospital for several days. She's home now, thankfully. And then I just found out that a friend of mine committed suicide. Um, He was struggling with depression for a while and it finally got the better of him. And because of the nature and subject matter of this particular episode, I just want to get it out there. Um, and quite frankly, I'm exhausted and don't have have it in me to feel much like editing. But I want to get this out here because I spoke to licensed therapist um, fra- Logan from the Balanced Man Plan. He works specifically with men to talk about man things and talk about depression and the struggle of mental health and masculinity in today's society. Um, And he does it in a way that, you know, is something I think all guys can relate to because he's a man and he's been there. And, you know, I think especially this being an important time of year, it's the holidays and this can cause people to reflect, um, especially on the worst fucking year ever. I just really want to get this out. I want men to listen to this. I want men to know Logan and the work that he does because it's so, so important. And above all, men, please, you don't have to live with depression. I I know that's easier said than done, you guys, but fuck. I mean, as much as we want to help you, we can only help you so much. You've got to help yourself too. And sometimes it's just those, those little things like taking a friend up on their offer to listen to you vent or seeking therapy. Please see a mental health professional if you're struggling mentally. I know there's a stigma about it, but you know what? Fuck the stigma. This is your life and you deserve happiness. And and I know that sometimes people have a bad experience with a bad therapist and it puts them off of it. But you know, it's just like a doctor or a barber. If you have one bad one, you you try again until you find one that you jive with and that you like. Um, your mental health should be the top priority to keep finding, trying different therapists until you know you find one that you jive with because you will. And just because you're seeking help, doesn't mean you have to go on medication. I know a lot of men are adverse to it, but only psychiatrists can even prescribe you medication. And even then they can't force you to take it. Therapists can't prescribe medication. They are there to help you address the things that are making you unhappy. They come up with an action plan. They guide you through it. They're the ones to help guide you back into the light. So I'm just begging you guys, please, please know that you're important and that you're loved and that your life matters. And, and it's not even about your loved ones. Of course your loved ones miss you, but it's not about think of your loved ones. It's about think of you. You deserve to be happy in this one life that you have. Thriving is something we all deserve. And if you're just getting by day to day, barely surviving, that's not a life. And, and that's not what you deserve. So I'm dedicating this episode to Isaac and all the men out there who are lost in the darkness. Anyways, here's me and Logan. Hello, hello. Hi, Logan, how are you?
1: Good, how are you doing, Miss Jess?
0: I'm doing well. I'm so excited we could do this.
1: I'm excited we could catch up as well. Yeah.
0: um so basically uh i mean we're recording but like don't worry i can i do a post edit so if there's anything any mishaps or mistakes or whatever i can edit those right out it's not a big deal cool yeah
1: cool cool. and Uh, and you prefer jess or jessica what what do you prefer
0: jess if you say jessica i'm gonna assume i fucked up somehow and i'm in trouble fair (laughs) enough um so well first of all i would love to introduce kind of you and what you do um because i know but the audience necessarily doesn't so if you could tell me just a little bit about yourself and balanced man plan and what you do
1: sure um so i am a licensed marriage and family therapist i also Mm -hmm. supervise with the american association of marriage and family therapy um I started a, a counseling practice in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, where I also you know, have a, a, a family and a young household and all that good stuff. Um, and myself, uh, kind of, I'm a, a recovering uh, addict uh, and an alcoholic. Um, and, and I kind of joke that I'm, I'm a recovering asshole as well. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, uh, a lot of us fellas, when by the time we realize a few things um, that that is that is not uncommon and I was a I was kind of a rough kid uh, growing Mm -hmm. up and grew up in a in a family that had a lot of addiction and alcoholism and domestic violence stuff happening
0: Mm, yeah Um,
1: so part of my own process was kind of figuring out what happened uh, in in my life growing up and I affiliated with a lot of uh, young, rough people growing up, mm. as would be typical kind of birds of a feather flock together, sure, um, and in my early twenties uh, cleaned up uh, with the uh, addiction issues going on and got on track for uh, in the the life that i 'm living uh, now, and a lot of my friends that I was growing up with did not um, and when I started my own family and had some of my own businesses and kind of picked my head up a little bit to see what was going on around me and check in with my buddies. Uh, I realized that a lot of them had died. Um, oh. Either as a result of, it's a lot of the, the deaths of despair stuff that we're seeing a lot more common uh, with men and especially men under 45 these days. You know, uh, the Suicide, addiction, a lot of um, complications as a result of, prolonged loneliness and untreated chronic illness and uh uh, all kinds of of this jazz that we know is is really prolific but don't really know what to look for a lot of times because us fellas it goes along with being being a tough ass dude you know kind of this idea that no one's going to hear about that if that's what you're experiencing you're just going to grit and grind and stay in your foxhole and get the job done um and, you know, there, there is a time and a place for all that. But I, I created the Balanced Man Plan because I realized that a lot of these folks that I grew up with, they weren't even reaching out to me when they needed help. Um, th- these were my buddies mm-hmm. that I was growing up right. with. And I, I did like, how many other men are dealing with this? And then I started to do the research. And I started to realize how uh, common it is for men to have untreated uh, mental health, the emotional health, the relationship issues going on. I'm like you know, what there needs to be a place where, when you know, men are having a hard time, they can get online, not have to ask anyone in person for help. And just start wherever they feel like they need to start, whether it's dealing with obesity or diabetes or physical health stuff and knowing that they're just habits that are hard to break and we're feeling like crap about it. We don't know what else to do. Or if it's relationship stuff, we're running in the same problem over and over again, or we just feel really unfulfilled in our daily life. And, and you know, like we're waking up in some avatar and living someone else's life and totally not uh, um, being being satisfied. Um yeah. So that that's really what the balanced man plan is. Uh is 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 this kind of catch-all and wanting to give men a space to be safe and start getting some answers.
0: That's fantastic. And do you think that have you noticed since I would say when you first started kind mm-hmm. of exploring, you know, men's mental health versus now? Have you? Do you feel like we've made any progress in sort of the acceptance of men exploring their mental health, or do you feel that we're kind of stuck in a more of a rut still?
1: I think we're we're really stuck in a rut. I think there's some talk mm. about it. I think people yeah. do a lot of jawing off about it. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And but then you know when something happens, you know, like uh, w- Will Smith gets played and he's yeah. on TV crying, or when Kanye has a manic episode, and he he's looking crazy again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people it will immediately go to throwing them under the bus, and some really specific, uh, you know, uh, man up who is this jabroni uh, type of <laughs> type of talk. That is the same <laughs> right. old stuff, um, right? So there's a beginning of of awareness, but I think we're just now beginning to see how everything is actually connected and how that plays out realistically in day-to-day life.
0: I feel like what I've observed personally online, especially, is that in the wake of of some very much needed changes and reform of of things like rape culture and that kind of a thing. Totally. I feel like the pendulum has kind of swung to the point where I see um, a lot of my fellow <clears throat> women mocking men very openly online when they're trying to just, you know, try to just trying to, uh, you know, talk about mm-hmm. their opinions on things or how they're feeling about something or if they're really upset and, and I've seen it, you know, I've seen it from women, too. It hasn't Absolutely. just been from men. I've seen women kind of take this idea of, quote unquote, fragile masculinity mm-hmm. and start to paint really broad strokes to a jam- damaging point where a man may be trying to express himself so authentically. And then he'll just get mocked with this thing like, oh, you are it's just your fragile masculinity um and i feel like that is really kind of a dangerous precedent because it's just you know making that issue even worse
1: i think you're you're absolutely right in that um it's it's this isn't just a manhood thing uh manhood only exists relative to womanhood as well and mm-hmm. it, it it's it's this kind of yin yang process that happens and the, a lot of times uh the the phrase for it i think in academia right so and i actually train other counselors and therapists how to work with men how to, how to do this stuff so I, right. I like work on a lot of different areas of this and the balanced man plane is more the the applicable kind of one-on-one everyday dude part of it um yeah so the the phrase for that in academia is uh the culture bearer right is this uh is the the more female role that will um put a lot of pressure on men stereotypically to, to do this same stuff so that they don't have to deal with their own crap so that they don't have to worry about being independent themselves so that they don't have to, to, to worry, worry about the the potential that he might feel out of control. Sometimes it doesn't mean he's actually going to give up control and let someone hurt them, but that he's not invincible either. So she needs to figure out some stuff too. Right. And in the, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I get that completely. I had actually, it's interesting because I made a post on um, TikTok a few days ago because my main partner, um, he just said the sweetest and most profound thing to me. And I had made a a TikTok about it just because it kind of made me cry because we were him and I were just talking about, um, we were talking about cuddling and Mm -hmm. he's one of the most, you know, he's very self-confident, very self-assured. And, and, uh, he was, he was, he made the comment, you know, um, you know, whenever I'm the one in relationships, who's cuddling the girl, I'm always the one who has to be the big spoon. And I was like, well, that's actually not true with us. You're always, kind of the little spooner, you're always putting your head in my lap <laughs> True. and he was like well yeah but that's because I feel safe with you yeah. and I was like that is the sweetest loveliest thing I've ever heard in my life yeah and so I had made a TikTok about it and I think up to now I have almost 200 comments and it's just all these guys that are like we wish more like this is something women need to get through their heads like we need that space we crave that space yeah. to be vulnerable totally. and feel like safe and we need to be protected too and i was like that is something that i think we as women easily forget is that no no matter who the man like he needs that space whether it's his girlfriend or his significant other or sure. whatever whatever it looks like yeah be vulnerable yeah. and, you know, not have to have this facade of manliness and manning up. And,
1: <laughs> totally. And I mean, know. the, the uh, it's, it, it becomes so hard and rigid and hard and tough is great. You know, especially if you're really identifying with a hunter warrior, but if you can't be flexible enough, mm-hmm. you crack. Um, yeah. and there's so many examples of that, even through warrior cultures, right? Like the, in Muay Thai, uh, uh, you know, kicking the bamboo stalk over time as it grows up, so you develop these tiny little manageable fractures in your shins mm-hmm. that develop into these huge calcium deposits that you can, you know, have. It's it's an amazing weapon. Or or the samurai, right? When they go into adolescence, their sword is literally taken from them. And they uh, are forced to be classically trained in theater, in poetry, in calligraphy, in the arts. And then they earn their sword back. Um, It's about being well-rounded human beings. And so many of our partners as men, whatever that is looking like, all they want access to, all you want access to, is the human parts of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and in, in, mm-hmm. um, so often, uh, uh, the partners are looking at each other going like, oh my gosh, who are you? Or you're just angry, or I don't feel safe. And meanwhile, men are staying on the white horse, bleeding out, refusing to show mm-hmm. their partner where they're hurt, and getting help with suturing their mm-hmm. wounds. And meanwhile, the partner is just wanting to help them feel safe and not knowing how right. to do that while also respecting their identity as a, a, a tough enough dude. And it's a really stuck place to yeah. be. Everybody gets, every, everybody, uh, everybody loses there.
0: For sure, absolutely. I think that, have you heard of sort of this, um, this is only something I've heard of recently, but it's, you know, there's the midlife crisis sure. But lately I've been hearing more about like the quarter life crisis (laughs) or the Renaissance. I've been hearing about that more and more. And I find that a really interesting um, idea because it's, you know, the whole thing is that when it's, I was hearing it in the context of how men deal with it or experience it, but just kind of there's this point in time, they say generally between like 28 Mm -hmm. or, and I want to say 35 or something where guys start to feel a lot of pressure, like maybe they're not where they should be in their career or they're not providing well enough yet for their family sure. or they're not where they should be. And so they kind of, you know, start to have like a bit of a, of a breakdown, um, and, and feeling a lot of stress and pressure. And I, I read that, and I'm trying to, it's feeling me where I even read about this. I want to say like psychology today sure. or something, sure. uh, but that it's like somehow even gotten more prevalent of a phenomenon in uh, modern times for some reason. I'm not really sure why,
1: but. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in, so in, in, a lot of this really comes down to we're, we're, we're in these concrete jungles in a lot of us in these city life kind of way mm-hmm. of doing things or suburban life or whatever. Yeah. Um, and in the old world, uh, we lived in these isolated farming communities. We would get, a, a, there was a, a family trade that was passed down that um, had a lot of meaning and a lot of grit and sweat and blood equity with it. And we stayed with our family yeah. in our community, had politically arranged marriages to to match up our farmland so yeah. stuff didn't fall apart. <clears throat> yeah. Um, now we launch, right? When when we become young adults, we, uh, we leave the household. It's expected for us to do this. And
0: uh-huh.
1: um, a, a part of that for men is being ready to uh, uh, man up yourself, which involves being able to provide for a family, um, being seen as, as, as a badass warrior a protector hunter, um, being able to be proud about mm-hmm. how you respond when you're standing around the punch bowl and have the obligatory conversation. When someone says, hey, what do you do for a living? And they're really asking, how, how much should I Right. To?
0: Um, right. and
1: a lot of, uh, um, and this coincides with, I mean, adolescence isn't technically done until the uh, bio, uh, like neurologically, our, our frontal lobes and executive processing isn't done until we're like 25 mm-hmm. years old as well. So a lot of times men, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, uh, as boys, we get raised to be like, yeah, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a police officer. I want to be a doctor. I want to have some like high intensity, High social leverage, high risk, badass type job, and yeah. um, and not really thinking too much about what is involved in that, or if I actually like it, or if I'm good at it, or like why yeah. I want to do that. And at the end of the day, there's always going to be a bigger dog because that's just life. You know, so, someone's always going to be a little mm-hmm. better at something, at least. And right, uh, it's almost impossible for um, men to be the kind of men that they imagine themselves being as little boys when they're 25.
0: Got it. That's really profound. So that's, and, and I could see how that that would kind of culminate into feelings of inadequacy pretty, pretty yeah. easily. Yeah, you're right. Interesting. I love how you kind of weave in a lot of um sort of you know the history of of men throughout the world is that something that's a big part of your your program it is
1: because
0: you're talking about the samurai and all of that and i just think that is Um, so cool
1: i uh this is all i've ever done and all i've ever wanted to do um as as soon as there was something that was always drawing me to just psychology anthropology and sociology that's what i studied in undergrad Mm -hmm. um kind of all together and then later in life uh, had some more personal experiences that drew me specifically in the direction of treating systems and relationships and families um, and how individuals live in the context of a community. Uh, but I've, it, it, it all kind of goes back to growing up as a little boy in a family that was uh, abusive and chaotic and didn't make sense, was that I was constantly thinking about why are people doing that? Like why? why, why do why, why? And, and, right. and so that, that's what I always studied. It's what I always paid attention to. Um, and, and, and i it also is a, as a, uh, I'm a, uh, my family is Jewish, uh, always have been, that's kind of, that's what's where we came oh, from. Yeah. Yeah. Tribe. My, and my, um, my yeah. grandfather is actually a, an Auschwitz survivor. Um,
0: wow.
1: and, so uh, 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 something that I've also kind of always paid attention to are, is, is culture and uh, how, how we learn what we learn. And um, uh, the human beings, we live in the context of, of our world. And if we don't understand where we came from, the etiology and how it came to be, we, it's really hard to figure out what is what and why. And, and there's always this little boy inside mm-hmm. of me that keeps going, why? why, why, until, until it really makes yeah. sense, I'm really not satisfied with it, um, so yeah, yeah, that
0: makes sense, I get it, so one of the, I would say, um, you know, just by nature of my page, I get a lot of guys in my DMs who are just wanting to talk, and the majority of them are military, yeah. and I know you and I have talked a little bit about military, but, you know, as you may or may, I'm sure you're aware that, you know, not only are mental health issues depression anxiety and of course ptsd rampant Mm -hmm. in the military um but even just this year alone that's been making headlines there's been unprecedented number of military suicides and um it's just one of those things that and and mental health care in the military is woefully lacking Um, and they're not getting the the care and the treatment that they need. And not only that, but a lot of them are scared to, because it could impact their military career, whatever they say. Yeah. So it's, it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, um, do you work with military members? And if so, is it something where they have to worry about it going back to the military? I
1: appreciate you asking that. Um, I've always loved working (laughs) with, uh, veterans, um, and kind of you know even going back to one of the reasons that I got to survive is my grandfather survived Auschwitz and part big part of that was was Russian was mm-hmm. allied forces coming in so I'm like it it we really th- those are very important jobs <laughs> and really appreciate um yeah. I think you you served as well at some point did you not or am I mistaking that
0: I, no my 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 parents gotcha. both my okay. mom well, and my thanks. dad served
1: thanks to both of them That's, and your patience yeah. with yeah. with what they were doing as well yeah um <laughs> and uh, you know, in combination with a lot of trauma work and a lot of work that I do with men, I tend to be sought out by uh, a lot of folks who are veterans, and have realized that when they try to go to the VA, um, you know, their their files get marked, or they uh, a lot of times see that people they just try to put them on a ton of psychotropic medication, um, and zombie yes. them out. Um, And that's really not the answer to things Uh, It might be part of a short term Mm -hmm. answer that you kind of figure out how to move away from over time as you're feeling more stable. But that is certainly not not a long term answer to anything. And a lot of times uh, returning soldiers have been uh, really hesitant. To, to get into the nitty gritty of the work that they need to do with me for those exact same reasons. And we got to cover again, hey, man, like, I'm, I'm not part of that system that you came from. Um, they will, they, they will have to wrench that information out of my kind of cold dead fingers, basically. And it's all, it's all written in code, <laughs> too. So they'll have to ask me what it says. And I'll say it's mm-hmm. directions to, to Dr. Oz from the yellow brick road, like make me um part of me gets really kind of you know protective of folks that are being um taken advantage of and hurt not not allowed to heal that that kind of that little boy is 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 still in there to some degree um so i can yeah i can really appreciate that that position and and really the way that the balanced man plan is set up um so first twenty uh, percent of all the proceeds through it goes straight to uh the one eight hundred help you know the um suicide hotline uh because you know four point five times as many men are, are completing suicide as women um yep. and it is structured so it's it's really inexpensive i think it's like four bucks and ninety nine cents uh um per coaching plan, uh, and I and I wanted it to be at a price point where you're literally going, all right, should I pack a turkey sandwich today, or should I splurge on a few Big Macs, or should I get the turkey sandwich right. and get a coaching plan, and then maybe tomorrow I'll get a Big Mac. Like, I wanted to be right, that easy. Right. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so, it, it's yeah, really set yeah. up so um, anyone can be able to access it uh, and some, sometimes folks have hit me up and 're like dude i really can 't even afford four hundred and ninety nine right now i was like dude i 'll open it up for you. like just take it like you, you obviously need it um, and, and that 's okay too. Um, mm-hmm. This is all about helping folks, and part of that is you know in, in a capitalist society, we have a degree of skin in the game with with, with that initial buy in um, but it 's created to be really accessible for your everyday common dude and and a part of I think the everyday common dude is a hunter and warrior. Now we know known as provider and protector. Is a soldier. Like this this is that that's part of yeah of, of, of who we are um to some degree.
0: Do you think that that in a sense, you know, the this you know this innate need to be sort of a, a, a mm-hmm. hunter or warrior sort of thing do you think that that in today's modern society where we're essentially you know we have all of our you know resources mm-hmm. at our fingertips and you know we've we're largely totally. far more sedentary do you think that's created a bit absolutely. of restlessness <laughs> in men these days when there's yeah not sort of that it need to do is. that anymore <laughs> um,
1: because our our body and mind still needs to have outlets for doing it uh even the the sports that we have right so like Football. That's mostly war. Right. That's a war sport. Uh, Basket, like basketball. That's hunting for sure. Right. Yeah. You have a a group, and you're like you know throwing oh. it through this very small hole. Um, the uh, there there's you know, recently a lot more focus and in, in, uh MMA and in, in much more uh, raw hand to hand combat sports. There is a natural bloodlust that human beings have. Um, that. And and of course we have it to varying degrees, but it is um, something that sure. is in our DNA. It's in our genetics. We're hunters. Our brains grew. The way we 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 developed. We evolved as a species because we were proficient group hunters. And men, totally, totally. That's are like, how and, and they the all the yeah all, all the archaeologists. Every time that you find an inflection point of. Uh, nutrients being able to be um, isolated either through more meat or through more cooking, brain volume grows huge, right? Mm-hmm. The, this is why men's yeah. shoulders are wider uh-huh. uh, to hold more muscle mass in the top. To, we have these yeah. weird shoulders. We can throw a, a baseball like hundred miles an hour. That That's possible. You put a chimpanzee with a baseball.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Th- it's going to max out at about 20. We, we are hunters. That is what that is. Uh-huh um, and if we don't have some outlets for, um, using more that fast twitch muscle in our body, that's designed for power and designed for mm-hmm. strength, um, or, uh, satisfying some of the, um, uh, kind of searching type things that, that we need to be doing sometimes like for tracking games, uh-huh. um, like those we'll start to run um, rampant in other parts of life. A lot of times uh, men that I'm seeing that are d- dealing with anxiety are really, really bright, really, really intuitive and track everything all the time. And we'll, we'll notice tiny little changes in something. Now that, that's a pretty adaptive mindset in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, you put right, someone in a concrete right. jungle
0: interesting you
1: you have to be really intentional with satisfying those drives or they're going to get on top of us
0: yeah no that makes perfect so what are some ways and outlets that that you you tend to see work for people like Um,
1: that a a big part is satisfying the the drives that our physical body has that we have evolved over hundreds of thousands of years to have um uh, need to sweat have some type of exercise, uh, the, the, mm-hmm. probably every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you can have a, a rest day in there every now and again. And as we get older and you know, certainly myself to slow down a little bit more, or I have to go to the chiropractor too much. It's, it stops being helpful at a certain point. <laughs> um, Right. Another part in Western right. culture, I think that we really lose track of, which is American culture. Right. When I say Western culture. I mean Western European culture. Is kind of sure. where the the foundations of our social expectations and culture came from. Is uh, productivity, uh-huh. right? Is the, the the Protestant work ethic, this utopian mm-hmm. city upon a hill, and you uh, bust your ass every day, and then you, you if you're productive enough, it, it becomes beautiful enough. And that all that bubble also pops too. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. so, Eastern and more Eastern practices, I, I think, in uh, you know, meditations and Zen Buddhism, and here we call them mindfulness practices. Um, and it, it's part of a field of mm-hmm. psychology called contemplative psychology. That is basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not taught at all to kids in in civilizations in our cultures, in our country. Um, Basically, when I talk about meditation, the the viewer audience almost imagines some dude with a man bun, if it's even a dude, you know, which is okay if you're rocking a man bun, but like that's not the only way to do it, right? Right. Yeah. That's exactly what I pictured. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. That's exactly what I pictured. If you go to Thailand or you go to Japan, you will see kids literally having classes for different types of, quote unquote, contemplative psychology mindsets, right? Where they are literally practicing calming their mind and calming their body in very specific ways and developing neurocircuitry and schemas for doing that at their will it's, it's not fake it till you make it. It's like, learn how to do that. Cause that's important.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so that should yeah. it should be a, a large sure. part of um, our, our lives and our ongoing routines for, for taking care of our mind and body. Um, a, I think a, another big part is making sure that we're living a life that's authentic to us, that we actually like waking up for, that we can get excited about that. Um, that we have some innate yeah. passion and purpose built around. Um, and in, in, in our folks that are the highest functioning can do that uh, and build purpose intentionally into all these different areas and all these different relationships so that it is literally fun and we, we can joyfully go into beast mode, leaving it all out in the field in those places. Um, yeah. So, like I guess as an example, like it's not stereotypical, but like even as a I, as a therapist, um, mm-hmm. those parts of me in there somewhere that are still like wounded little boy wanting to look out for everybody. Um, when I am sitting with a guy yeah. that is freaking out a lot of different people, I, I can see those parts of him and see the etiology about where he came from. Basically, go okay. My little boy will hang out with your little boy and we'll go figure this stuff out over here. And I can stay super excited about it. Mm-hmm. It is, it is really not hard. Um, because it, it is very mm-hmm. uh, satisfying for that, that part of me that was never able to, you know, to to do that for myself to some degree. Um, and in every area of life, the more that we build that in, we can find the um, they're called flow states. These, places where we are all in um, and if we stop being all in we, um, we, we, we kind of get out of the pocket we can't track everything um, but that yeah. meanwhile like one plus one equals three <laughs> and, and we have a, a, a lot of horsepower and it's fun in the meantime
0: yeah no I love that so we have, we have some questions, but I want to be cognizant of your time. And if we okay. need to do a part two. Follow I, I blocked off fine. the hour. Um, sure. Do you have sure. time to do those questions? Oh, perfect. So as you know, I, I had some, I had put mm-hmm. some questions on, on my stories and um, inviting, inviting guys to, to ask. And we got some good ones. Um, so awesome. we'll, we'll go over some of them. So. Um, one man, I thought this was really interesting. He said, um, hmm. I got a vasectomy and I've been out of work six weeks now because yeah. of it. And I don't feel manly now. And I thought that was, it didn't even occur to me that that would sure. be something that would make a man Sure. And, less and manly. a part
1: of me is wondering less manly because he hasn't been at work or less manly because he imagines his vas deferens being snipped.
0: Sure right or both maybe i mean because it is interesting that he mentioned you know he's been out of work and i know that's a stressor
1: it so i've I've seen it happen in both directions um tends to be the same reason a lot of (laughs) dudes with more of the traditional manhood stuff don't neuter their dogs (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. also not really cool right right um uh, Uh, if you plan on studying them out and and helping them use that energy, do you like have fun, Does your dog have fun rock and roll, but at the same time, it's probably a different conversation anyway. um, So this, that can definitely happen. Um, You know, just, just, I don't, I haven't heard of it actually impacting low testosterone, Um, but it might be something that he wants to check out. Um, Now, statistically i'm not sure exactly the age of this gentleman but a lot of times m- the the same time in our life that we would be getting a vasectomy tends to be around midlife which mm-hmm. can also coincide with low testosterone oh, okay. production as well so they might not actually it might just be correlation and not causation but it's probably also something for him to check out um and thinking, um, okay. and 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 also about the the work part, right? You know, how, how much of this is him not working for the last six weeks, not knowing what to do with himself every day, and uh, feeling like a chump as a result of that? When it's really, hey, we just needed to give it a couple days for, for my a right. balls to heal, and that's okay too.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I was going to say, because six weeks, that feels like a long time. To it does, doesn't it? When you say that. A vasectomy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that feels I like think. a long time. So I don't know if there's something else going on there. But but do you, what do you see, you know, in terms of just like the idea of feeling less manly because you had a vasectomy? I mean, how do you um, get around that?
1: It It sounds like. Uh, he is in a bit of his uh, in a bit of a silo too where he's not talking about it with people around him Um, because if you're in a relationship Mm -hmm. with someone who loves you enough and you love them enough and you're committed to each other and loyal to each other enough theoretically where you cut your vast deference Mm -hmm. to, to so that sperm cannot combine with semen anymore like that's a that's pretty heavy you know like so mm-hmm. one I, I would assume yeah, yeah. that if he spoke a little bit more yeah. openly about this with his lover who has invested interest in said vasectomy that she would hear or see the blood on mm-hmm. his back on that white horse as we talked about before and she would go oh baby come here mm-hmm. like how do how do how do we how do we make you feel like a stud again yeah. big boy <laughs> whatever version of that there is yeah
0: <laughs> right, 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 yeah, no, I like that that, and I think it's important for him to be able to kind of you know admit that he's kind of feeling less manly without eliciting totally. an eye roll or a even, you know like a oh, you know in, in kind the of veteran a thing. like the um which
1: it it's so funny to me when you see the big picture, right, even a lot of veterans that come back from war, they're comrades that they survived sketchy situations with they're super tight with right like they they talk till they talk to Mm -hmm. till the day they die um they're like they're 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 absolute inner circle and it's because they were all scared for their lives with each other it's because they saw each other piss their pants it's because it's because of these things that are human um, and then we don't think about it afterward yeah. and go, oh, that's that's like that's why we're tight. But that's how that's how you bombproof your tribe before you go out into battle with another tribe, is you have to trust that they can show you their scared and vulnerable parts, so you can you can share a load bearing wall and be a group of Spartans together and be that much more powerful. It's it's part of what makes us powerful as human beings. It doesn't take away.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, sorry, okay. the the gardener's here, so hopefully that's not too loud. Um, let's see. So I'm looking at one of the others, and uh, let's see. Um. Oh, this is. Uh, he says, "How do I deal with feeling undesired by mm. my wife? I work hard for her at home." And- um.
1: That's a good question. And I think, uh, some parts are involved with, as we've talked about before, letting your wife know that you don't feel, um, uh, talking to her partner about her thoughts and feelings. So in, in this can, to, to dive into this a little bit further Mm -hmm. and more specifically, a lot of guys, a lot of people period get in the trap of thinking about we're talking about our feelings but what we're really talking about are assumptions that we're making Mm -hmm. about the people around us and what they're thinking and not actually giving them space to to have their own thoughts and feelings so this statement i'm not desired by my wife he's feeling a low sense of value relative to his wife but rather than then conveying this mm-hmm. to to her, what he's conveying is a uh, uh, is a projection of that, saying like you you don't desire me. You really can't you really can't say that, <laughs> and literally mm-hmm. saying you are so undesirable. I really don't appreciate you, which would be highly unlikely. Um, right. But...
0: <laughs>
1: and I know I know he's
0: actually um, I know this. I don't know him personally, but he's talked to me before about this. And I think the big issue is that they, uh, their sex life has basically gone out the window. So my guess is that he's projecting from that is that
1: because okay. she's and not that, having that sex with That actually makes a lot of sense. Him. And that is very common, again, specifically for uh, mm-hmm. men. Um, it, hap- it can happen to some degree for women, right? Especially the, more mm-hmm. the gendered piece of um, I need to be accessible, yeah. sexually accessible to my partners. And if I'm not, it means they don't desire me. Like, that's the more kind of female counterpart to that. Um, for men, it's right. it wasn't too long ago that it was actually, like, a, a a basic right for men to have sexual access to their partner. Like, it was not until very recently, right?
0: Oh, yeah, marital so rape was not a thing.
1: Men can get <laughs> st- stuck in a variation yeah. of this, too, and say, you know, the the way that I'm going to rely on closeness and emotion and intimacy to be conveyed is only through sex in the meantime the more that we learn how to do this verbally mm-hmm. and emotionally the more that we have to rely on sex less to do that now not saying that like that's not always going to be there in making love and mm-hmm. you can also have options to have a lot of fun have blow the roof off sex with like screw each other's brains out like all that good stuff too um but it sounds like there needs to be a bit more of a repertoire, and there's a, a, an over focus on this being the only holding space for affection and love to be, which is not sustainable for a relationship in modern society.
0: Right, right. No, that makes sense. And I would also add, because I'm very vocal mm-hmm. about going through this in my own marriage. Um, with my husband not having sex with me and um, there is an amazing um, uh, yeah. set of books by Michelle Weiner Davis called the sex Starved marriage that helped me a lot so I would also recommend like anyone who's going through this to check that out she also did a great TED talk on YouTube but. Um, you know, just, and, and it was kind of along the same lines of Mm -hmm. what you were saying, um, just expanding, you know, in in a book, but, um, yeah, it's it's great and excellent. Um, it helped me a ton, but yeah, I think that can be really difficult when the intimacy is, is lost because there is so much tied up in that, right? There's, there's your self-esteem, there's your self-confidence, there's wanting that closeness and that bond and having that moment that just the two of you share and, You know, I know, like, even in my marriage, on the occasions when my husband did have sex with me, it would be like, you know, for a day or two after that, I would be so much more loving towards him and so much more willing to, like, uh, work through, you know, any kind of arguments that we were having. I would be feeling much more close to him, and so I'd be more wanting to actually come up with solutions and yeah, exactly. Like it's, it is, that does create
1: absolutely. And, and it's and really, it's really new. This other stuff that we're talking about besides sex <laughs> is really new for relationships. Kind of go to mm-hmm. do the history thing again is that modern society, this hasn't been happening very long. This is yep. modern concepts of romance, right? Like Shakespeare wrote about romance, mm-hmm. It was in a tragedy, and everybody died at the end. Yeah. And that, and that was kind of the idea, is romance was. Can I use profanity? Is that cool? All right. I, I, I do, but I'm also like oh, I'm also a straight, do, like I wear a collar you know shirt. Like, like I gotta it. be, you know. I, I want to be careful. I want to be careful here. I want to respect your space. Um, yeah. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> is I um, rom- romance was for fuckboys and whores. I mean it. It wasn't for it wasn't yeah. for uh, healthy relationships um, that were seen at the time. Healthy relationships were stable. They were based on <laughs> men owning women like property. Uh, they they were based on uh, never uh, right, walking away right. from any kind of tradition that you came from because that will screw up the crop next year and everybody might die. Mm-hmm. so it's and a lot of us like we're, we're Americans we think about ourselves as really progressive when we have all this technology you know but we're like culturally and socially most of us are are pretty traditional um we're we're from farm people and we're we're raised by farm people They they didn't know mm-hmm. how to teach us how to do this stuff either um
0: that's fair. That's fair. It's funny because, you know, now that I'm, you know, ethically non monogamous, people are always asking, like, don't you miss sort of that, that thing of having, you know, that one person. And, and the funny thing is, is no, because I do have that one person. I, you know, I have my, my main partner, Jake, who he's who we go to for everything, but it's still nice to, when it comes to the physical Mm -hmm. stuff, to be able to have fun and explore with other people. And I think a lot of people, when they, you know, Mm -hmm. they find that kind of really surprising and hard to wrap their minds around. And I'm always like, but you know what? I feel like we've been doing that as a society in one way or another for a really long time. Even if it's been unethically through affairs or cheating, like it's something that human nature tends to do. I'm just doing, you know, those of us who are ethically non-monogamous are totally. just doing it in a way that honors our partners and it's, is authentic it's, and genuine. It's, it's weird
1: it's when you weird. compare it to <laughs> American culture, predominant American culture, which is very traditional, right? Um, and, and, but as far as human nature goes, right, it's right. it's probably not very weird. Like, it's probably not very different. <laughs> There's a lot of genetic variation in human beings really quickly when we came on the scene. That wasn't because everybody was staying in their predictable relationships. Um, <laughs> And there, there's a really good book right. uh, that that's really easy to to read and a, a pretty quick one. It's it's not too, like over our, our heads or anything. Called the Ethical Slut. That yes, it's a it's a such a just a if you're really if anyone listening to this is like slut. hey how how would I consider non monogamy in my relationship? Um, that that's a great place to begin. Um, per- personally, yeah, that was Absolutely. awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, personally, loved, I'm, I, I'm kind of a traditional that. dude and, and I know, I know that I would have a hard time thinking about, uh, you know, my, my wife not being monogamous and I've, I've like cheated on a couple of partners when I was younger and I felt mm-hmm. horrible and, but I know this would be different mm-hmm. to some degree. It's got it like, cause it it's just different. Yeah. Um, but I, and it's, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it and it's, just, it's not something that, yeah. that we've done personally. Um. But I, I do work with a lot of folks yeah. uh, who practice non-monogamy. Some that are, yeah. you know, some more the traditional uh, uh, first discussed groups like you know, swingers and like that kind of stuff. And then some much more organized and structured and intentional uh, mm-hmm. relationships like, like you've talked about.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. We have let's do one more question because I've actually heard this. Quite a bit. And so I think it's important to touch on. Um, this man says, why does it seem like as soon as I open up to a girl, either she'll use that info against me later. She
1: is totally shysty and you, you're attracted to something that is not cool. <laughs> or she's just trying to talk to you about your mm-hmm. shit. And <laughs> you're really sensitive when it comes up and need to try either... Sensitive. I mean, yeah. really raw when it comes up, and and need to teach, uh, teach her how to talk to you about mm-hmm. that stuff. But it it came up because now it's grist for the mill. They know that about us, and they need to know that about us because apparently it's coming up. Um, and, and now if she's right. being yeah. really mean and literally throwing it in the face and like slapping us with the with the chain link. Uh, glove and like if if them's fighting words them's fighting words and you you know if they are um but they very well might not be right and and they're they're just asking us to get off that white horse as we referred to earlier
0: I wonder if maybe a a way to manage that moving forward, because I know that I've been accused of that before, where they're like, you're using that against me. And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to talk to you about this is is maybe, you know, on our end saying, how can I best talk to you about this topic so that it doesn't make you feel like I'm using it against you or you know bringing it up in an unhealthy totally. think, way and just kind of um, trying to clear a the lot air of in times
1: folks when when we feel more raw or nervous or like there's conflict brewing we stop talking about our intentions and yeah. it's important to continue reminding ourselves mm-hmm. uh that that we need to actively visit that space and kind of you know like a basketball analogy maybe like Pretend that you've already planted both feet. One foot always has to sit and you, you talking about where you're coming from if you're in a conflict. Otherwise, someone's going to see you as on a, on a different team. They have to know where we're coming from. Um, so I think what you just said here, about hey, this is, uh, this is how I would like this to get brought up or, and then our partner going, hey, um, remember you brought this up before. It's kind of reminding me about this in some ways. Can I, can I share that with you? And then they might in in the moment they might go, No, whatever. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to hear no, it I and like then go that for a, a run and come back and be like, All right, like what what is it? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah exactly. you know, I've learned whether you're a yeah. man or a woman, because I'm definitely one of those people too where I need space. If I'm angry, just let me go for a run or leave me alone. But and there's, I've noticed that there can be pursuers in oh, relationships yeah. where even if you say, leave me alone, I need some space. Uh, no, 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 no. Let's talk about can, this. Can we, what?
1: Can what? I end there's with, so with kind of describing to your viewers cool <laughs> uh, how, how to take space appropriately? Because <laughs> there's, there's a lot of wrong ways to do it. A, a lot of times when I'm working with couples, that is yes. what they've always tended to try before coming to counseling yeah. and, it, and it hasn't worked because they're not doing it like this. So first you have to announce it's what you're actually doing. You can call it a banana split or just call it taking space or whatever in between, but your partner has to know your intention because there's likely to be a pursuer. If they don't know that Mm -hmm. that's what you're doing, they just think you're withdrawing. They're going to chase you. So first identify what you're doing. Second, identify a time frame. Some people are 30 minute people. Some people are two hour people. Some people are all day. You got to know enough about yourself to know how much time you need to cool down, what you think. Yeah. If if you go over that time, whoever set that time, it's your responsibility to go back and reset time. Um, have that caveat in there. Um, and, and again, that pursuer, they have to know when to expect you to engage. This is part of what makes it easier for them to respect your wishes for taking space. So announce, time frame, third is a specific location. I'm going on the loop yeah. that I run. I'm going to my room. I'm going. To, it's not a time for cruising the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's not a time for going to the to neighborhood bar and picking up stragglers. It's not time for doing all that stuff. Um, and again, the pursuer needs to know where they can right. find you if they needed to. You know, you make it really easy for them not to do that. Um, and then last, you actually need to re-engage. Otherwise you're stonewalling and you're just kind of taking your ball and leaving. And that, that's not cool either.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. I love those tips. Those are really good. Well, yeah,
1: you okay, can so find me, can you me online at balancemanplan.com. Um, got a ton of free information and uh, really uh, formulated coaching plans for you to check out in the comfort and privacy of home whenever the right time is for you. Um, also on Instagram at balancemanplan, uh, got daily posts and advice and uh, paradigm shifts for for everybody. Just trying to um, you know, help, help folks live the, the kind of uh, balanced lifestyles with with health and wellness and looking out for ourselves and looking out for our loved ones the way that I know we're capable of doing um, in, in modern society, as long as we are willing to break outside the molds a little bit and be flexible like bamboo so we don't crack.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Logan, thank you so much. I would love this to. Has it has been it, amazing. It, it, and yeah, I really, I really appreciate chatting with you. You'll do another one of these with me. your different
1: perspectives on things as well. So thank you yeah. very much, Jess. Absolutely. Bye-bye.